cool. Welcome back to another cup of tea. I'm the pine. And I'm the water. And that sounded very mellow. <laughs> it's part of the fact that I'm sick right now. <laughs> um, and you're listening to a cup of tea. A podcast about exploring life through each other's eyes. Well, sharing a cup of tea with you. Mm-hmm. And today we're having, what is this concoction that you made? A concoction? <laughs> um, it's a mandarin spice black tea. Although I do feel like we've been cheated mm-hmm. uh, because we added almond milk to it. Mm-hmm. And now all I can taste is the almond milk. Yeah. So we need to try this again with oat so that so that it's, it's nice. like the best experience. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's still nice. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm over the almond thing by now. It was like the first sim. Mm-hmm. It was like I very almond coconut though. <laughs> Really? Well, the thing is that it's almond and coconut milk. Very weird. I prefer coconut myself, but they didn't have it at the store, so I had to get almond coconut, which I'm like, what? But anyway. Who? Right? Like, why? No, I don't know. Why the need to make a product that's almond coconut milk? You have almond? You have coconut? Like, just stick with one. Yeah. If you really want to mix them, you can just do it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, indeed. So I'm very intrigued by what you want to talk about today. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So in our forever pursuit of choosing what we're going to talk about in each episode, um, I told the water that we could talk about how it's going with my therapy. Because it's a... it's been, it's a thing. Quite a ride. Yeah, like, like, I feel like the biggest ride ever in therapy for me. It's one of those therapies that you see maybe in movies or whatever, mm-hmm. where like, it goes back to your childhood and yeah. you figure out what happened and why it changed you forever. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of therapy. So now, like, my whole self-identity is uh-huh. just hanging by the balance because because it's, like, who I could have been, but I didn't, but I was, I didn't become because I became this. That's, yeah, it sounds very... See? I told you. Yeah, you're, see, you're not hyping it up no. too much. <laughs> this well, we'll like, see. Okay. We'll see. Okay, so, this all begins mm-hmm. with the fact that... Um, <laughs> Okay, so I don't know if you saw that, but Safito kind of like... Or if you're just listening, Safito just like fell out of the couch. Yeah. And like she tried to hold on, but she couldn't. Yeah. Just tumbled backwards. She's adorable. She's silly. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, maybe she'll be back. She tends to do that, I guess. Uh, okay. So this all started with the fact that when I moved to Canada... Safito... No, okay. Well, she might be making noises. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you move to Canada. Uh, when I moved to Canada, I had to live with my brother and his kids. Who, who like, I should stop calling them kids, right? Like, that's the yeah. thing I, I noticed in therapy. I need to not call I them kids. Acknowledge that they're not that kids they are anymore. not kids anymore. Yes, indeed. So, they are young adults. 
but but like baby adults. They're yeah. not even young adults because no. we are young adults. Yeah, they're baby. Adults. They're teenagers. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um. So I had never lived with them. I barely lived with my brothers when I was little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I left my mom's house early. E, I guess, for our standards. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, first time living with my family, and that was that was that was huge. That was the thing is that I mm-hmm. I was concerned, but yeah. I was concerned of like what's um like normas de convivencia, uh, rules of engagement. <laughs> is that what that <laughs> no, is? That's like military kind of. Yeah. Um. No, but it's like it's taking me back to that episode that we made. Um. Where, we're, where you were about to leave and we were talking about, like, your expectations for living with your brother and the kids who are no longer kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, the rules of engagement, yeah, it kind of seems like it's appropriate. Sure. So I, I was worried about, like, if they were going to be tidy enough, if they yeah. were going to wash the dishes, if, if I was going to, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. That was that was my expectation. However, however, I was in for so much more. Um, yeah. And one of the very big things that I definitely did not expect was to understand what being a sibling feels like. Hmm. In a in a specific way, and and you have I feel you have a better understanding of the experience of a sibling than I do because yeah. I feel I've always told myself that I live in this weird limbo where I have siblings but I'm also an only child. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. uh, that what I meant by I actually had the feeling of having siblings was that. For the first time in forever, <laughs> I saw myself in my brother. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it was very funny. We we would have to work. We we had a job together, and when it was just me and him, sometimes we would find each other like walking around, and we were walking the same way. We <laughs> we like walk around with our hands behind our back. Like, like, <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. And like, I would see him and I was like, oh, and then he, and another time he saw me and he's like, why are you walking like that? And I'm like, that's how I walk. Not, not normally, not like in, in, in life, in, in life. life. Yeah. No, I don't walk with my hands behind my back, but like in certain instances, you know, cause this job meant that I was walking by myself for many hours and I was like doing the rounds kind of thing so mm-hmm. and I used this time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks and things like that mm-hmm. so it was very sort of meditation-y and you yeah. know kind of stuff and I walk with my hands behind my back and my brother does too mm-hmm. um and that that's that's a one of the simple and mo- more superficial things that I noticed but it got to a point where we were both listening to podcasts and books and things and we started talking like we had never talked 
it was it was very nice. We were discussing philosophy and psychology and feminism and mm-hmm. things like that. And and he was interesting to talk with. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Okay. Safito is back apparently. And and it made me. It was very weird. I had because mm-hmm. in my family I was always the weird one. I was yeah. it was I was always the odd one. <laughs> and even there's this thing that my family does, my extended family, where like my mom's side of my family, which is technically my only family, uh, they all go by by the my my granddad's last name. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody even if 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 my cousins even if their dads have a different last name mm-hmm. everybody just does like the family's last name that's yeah. that's a thing but in my little family with my mom and my brothers i never did that it was always them mm-hmm. and i was my dad's mm-hmm. uh so mm-hmm. yeah i can see that mm-hmm. so i it was i always felt very separate Mm-hmm. And I even during my teenage years, mm-hmm. I I became super detached, and you know you, you, you oh you, yeah you are aware oh yeah she did, uh, <laughs> and it, it's not that I didn't care about people, but I I just it wasn't I didn't care in a mean way. I just I guess focused on me, mm-hmm. um, so. That that part of meeting my meeting my brother, I felt like I was meeting him. That mm-hmm. like, cause this very weird thing happened to me where it's like there's this family tree and and like I know who goes where, mm-hmm. but it's just that it's just pictures, it's yeah. just an image, it's just mm-hmm. an idea of who my brothers are. But I never knew what it felt mm-hmm. like, cause the extent. Of my brother's brotherly relations to me mm-hmm. was like when I was literally little, they would tease me, or like whenever I had a boyfriend, they were assholes about it. <laughs> um, and that was it. I mean, my experience of it, because I do know that, you know, my brother took care of me when I was little because my mom worked a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like, he would take me to school and he would take care of me and watch me and all of that, right? Uh, but that's not my experience. I don't remember. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so that that was huge. That was one of those very important, meaningful to who you are kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where at one time I had a conversation with my brother and I told him, I've always felt like the odd one out. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I feel like I'm part of this. You know, with him and the non-kids. Yeah. Uh, and and that was that was big. That was that was. You you know me so yeah. like that feeling of of being part of something mm-hmm. like spoke deep inside of me. Yeah. Uh, caught two. Now in Vancouver and me living the my brother and the non-kids 
And for fate's works, mm-hmm. uh, my brother and I are not speaking right now. Uh, and it's one of those things where it took me a long time to realize that that it wasn't just like, because my mom thought it was just like a sibling's misunderstanding, mm-hmm. you know. And she would say, she would be like, oh, you guys are being silly. You guys, it's a misunderstanding. You just need to talk it out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's it's not. This is this goes way beyond that. This goes, you know, talking about, because at, at some point when we lived in, in Quebec, me and my brother, we also talked about how our lives were very different. They mm-hmm. were, you know, 13, 14 years apart. We had a different mom, even though it's the same mom. Um, and 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 it was it was very interesting because at some point we asked each other, like, who would you be mm-hmm. if you had had my opportunities, or who would I be if I had had your situation? Mm-hmm. You know, so that was very bonding to me. And now that we're not talking, I am not talking to him out of self-protection, mm-hmm. out of setting boundaries. Yeah. Um, and he has his reasons for not talking to me. Uh, but the thing is that I, it, it was too big a thing for me. Mm-hmm. I never, like, I never thought that this thing with my brother would be so it moved me too much yeah you know i couldn't i would have bad dreams mm-hmm. i would it it was yeah, affect, I remember that. it was affecting like my everyday life mm-hmm. i was like what what is this what is happening right now how 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 am i being affected by this so much yeah you know i i went years without like not having a real relationship with my brothers, you know, just mm-hmm. like a whatever. Oh yeah, they're there. Yeah, I'll, I'll see them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Things. Yeah. So I was like, why? What? Um, and it was until I noticed that I was bringing that baggage into my home, like into my relationship, mm-hmm. that I was like, I can't. I can't be bringing that into my relationship. To Pablo because it's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to me because, okay, so like it's definitely not fair to me. Mm-hmm. But I have this thing of like I can do it all on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And a powerful, independent woman we to knew. a fault. We knew. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me realizing that it was unfair to Pablo to finally tell myself and accept to myself that it was unfair to me mm-hmm. and that I actually needed to go to therapy, which I know in theory, I'm a psychologist. I, it's like 101. I know, but it's one of those things that it's hard to like admit. I mean, it's like, it's like doctors know wanting to go to the doctor. Do they yeah. not want to go to the doctor? No, they, I, I mean, the doctors I know <laughs> like in my family, yeah, and I and think like I think in general it's, it's like this. Um, there's this concept of doctors don't like to go to the doctor because they kind of like know, 
What's like, wrong? oh, I know what's wrong with me, mm. so I can fix it. Yeah. Or, or like, why, why should I go to somebody to tell me what's wrong with me when, when there's nothing wrong? Like, or being in denial, kind of. Mm. Um, no, mine so is yeah. like, I can fix it myself. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. That's like, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. Uh, so yeah, it's like that. But then, uh, one way or another, <laughs> I, I got to that. Epiphany. Yeah. Like, fine, fine, fine. I hear you, universe. I need to do this. So mm -hmm. I scheduled my appointment. Mm -hmm. Yes, and Safito mm -hmm. is always here to help me. Oh, yeah. I love her so much. Uh, so I scheduled my appointment and I met with my psychologist from Mexico. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she, like, she already had the prior. She, mm -hmm. she knew I saw her before coming mm -hmm. to Canada and she knew my worries and whatever and, like, fine. Mm -hmm. So I proceeded to tell her all mm -hmm. that went wrong and all mm -hmm. that went right in those months uh, of mm -hmm. living together. And something that I appreciated as a psychologist mm -hmm. was that she didn't sort of... She didn't go with it... To say that it was my brother's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she, she never agreed that it was my brother's fault. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're talking to a friend, that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you're talking to a psychologist. Yeah, you're gonna, you know, you're, you're gonna have, get the hard truths. Yeah. And, and, you know, not to say that when, when people are victims of, of, uh, not nice situations, It's not the other person's fault, but it shouldn't be, I think, or at least in this case, that shouldn't be the focus, mm -hmm. right? It's not about who, where you place the blame. Yeah. But what are you going to do about it? So that was nice. And we proceeded to do this very interesting thing uh -huh. uh, where she took out a board mm -hmm. and some figurines. Mm-hmm. To represent me and my family. Okay. So she's like, okay, so this one's you. Where are you going to put yourself on the board? And I'm like, oh, in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like, of course. <laughs> uh, so she, she puts me in the middle. And then like, where are you going to put your mom and your dad? Well, mm -hmm. not like that. She's asking, actually, she's actually asking me to tell her who comes next. Mm -hmm. So then I think I took out my dad. And then like, oh, we're going to put him. Where do you want him? And I'm like, oh, put it there. And then who is next? Oh, my mom. Put her there. And then, oh, my sibling, whatever. Oh, put him there. And my other sibling, put him there. Okay. So now we have, like, my, my small family. So, like, the non-kids didn't count. Mm -hmm. She was like, not yet. Like, just just this. You mm -hmm. guys. This. Okay. Uh, first thing she tells me, like, it's interesting because your mom and your dad are backwards. And I'm like, Would you mean I already knew that. Yeah. So... I'm not sure what theory she's getting it from, mm -hmm. but it's right that my mom mm -hmm. was my father mm -hmm. and my dad was my mother. So, like, my mom, because she was a single mom mm -hmm. and she raised my brothers alone and then there was me and whatever, mm -hmm. she became a father. She became the provider. She became uh, some sort of structure. Mm -hmm. She became the rules and the no and mm -hmm. the and she wasn't very mm. 
very warm. Mm-hmm. She's gotten a lot better. Yeah, she's gotten a lot better. Come a long way. <laughs> um, but when I was a kid, she she wasn't fussy. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was my father, or this figure of a father. Not that yeah. dads can't be fussy. And my dad, there we go, was very fussy uh, mm-hmm. and warm and cuddly mm-hmm. and 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 very feelings oriented and, and understanding and he would listen to me and he you know yeah so there we go my my mom and my dad were backwards mm-hmm. and I was like yeah I've noticed <laughs> um so I was like it is the truth the board is telling the truth <laughs> um and then we we kept talking about where I am and we realized that my roles in my relationships mm-hmm. are all messed up. <laughs> uh, so, apparently, when I was little, because I was kind of very alone. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's not about what actually happened. Mm-hmm. It's about what your experience of what happened is. Yeah. Right? So... Maybe I was never alone and my brothers were always there and played with me or whatever. Or my mm-hmm. mom was there or whatever. But mm-hmm. like my experience was that I was very alone. Mm-hmm. So, and it, before therapy, I had thought about it and mm-hmm. I was like, I really, without going too much into research, think that my attachment was very ambivalent, mm-hmm. not secure attachment. Like, like they're there, but not really there. And mm-hmm. they're not there when you need them to be there. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, that probably messes me up. <laughs> so in therapy, it was like, yeah, I did mess me up. Um, because I was very alone. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to like meet my own needs mm-hmm. and make myself independent mm-hmm. because I didn't have another option. Uh, and so I, I took roles that I shouldn't have taken. Mm-hmm. So... Fast, like, forward that to the living in Quebec with Mm -hmm. them. Uh, So I was, I'm technically the little sister to my older brother. Mm -hmm. I became the older sister. Mm -hmm. I am the aunt of the Mm non-kids. I became their mom, their big sister. And I became my mom. Like, like I became Mm -hmm. their grandma. And I became my brother's mom. So I I was everything but what I should have been. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of, I had, I had a big struggle with, with my niece Mm -hmm. because with both, both of them, my niece and my nephew, because I, I wanted to help them and be there for them. Mm -hmm. I guess because I wanted to be there for them. Like people were not for me. Well, I mean, my dad was, but Mm -hmm. in other ways he wasn't. (laughs) So. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I had to face a very harsh reality where it came to, like, I can't save them the way I want to save them. Mm-hmm. So I need to, like, go back to... And that's basically what, what therapy told me to mm-hmm. do, which was to go back to my original roles mm-hmm. in my relationships and my family and whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was harsh. It's still it's still hard, but like at least 
with my nephew and my niece, I feel like I'm getting the hang of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with my brother, because I, I, I went through a process of like being hurt mm-hmm. by him not talking to me, and 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 trying to allow myself to be hurt and angry, mm-hmm. and then. I had to, I didn't have to, but I, like after processing it, I came to a place of like, I, I feel like me and my brother are going through similar things mm-hmm. on our own, What whatever happened to us. Because I'm like, if I had ambivalent attachment, yeah. I had my dad, he didn't even have that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I'm like... He's going through something. If if I'm going through something, then, you know, like, he's going through his own thing. Mm-hmm. And I I came to a very peaceful place where... <laughs> Sorry, Sapito distracts me. Um, I go to a very peaceful place where I could be okay with the fact... Because I had to become very understanding mm-hmm. of people. I had to become too empathetic um, and like see other people's needs kind mm-hmm. of. And it's weird. It's Maybe I haven't cracked that part quite yet uh, as to mm-hmm. how those dynamics happened. But I, one way or another, I... I became very aware of people's feelings mm-hmm. and people's needs. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, at the same time, I became very aware of mine. But somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. I became very kind of like people pleasy. Yeah. And, and, and like I would look at others' needs before mine because like I could handle mine but people could not handle my needs Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't allow people to handle my needs which is something that we've talked about in our relationship right we have that's very nice Uh, and I appreciate that that's come about Uh, but yeah so it came to a point where like I don't trust people to be able to handle my needs Uh, and the other like big revelation that has messed me up <laughs> is that I pay for my relationships. You pay for your relationships. I pay for my relationships. Yes. That was that was like oh oh damn. Okay, okay, okay. Um because there was this thing about money mm-hmm. where you know somehow mm-hmm. uh by whoever's fault or nobody's fault. I took charge of the finances of the family, mm-hmm. you know, and just just managing it. That that's all it was. Yeah. Uh, but at some point, you know, through the struggles or whatever, I had to put up my money as a bank mm-hmm. so that we could, like, we could we would run out of money. We would use my money as bank, and then we would work, and then we would all pay me back, mm-hmm. right? In like parts. Yeah. And. At some point, that became a thing because we were in a very 
difficult place. We were all struggling a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a time where we didn't know where we were going to live next or if we had a place to live next. Mm-hmm. And I also realized that I understand love through money. Because both my mm-hmm. mom and my dad gave me money to show me that they cared about me. Mm-hmm. So, in different ways. Because my mom, by not being very touchy-feely... Mm-hmm. The way that she, like, her love language is Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're okay. That you have food, that you have a house, (laughs) and and that you're okay in that way. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And, yes, my dad was a lot better at the feelings and listening to me and and all of that. Mm -hmm. But he was very absent from my life. And the way that he made up for that was by paying for my school, by paying for my trips, for my travels, Mm -hmm. you know? So... I have a very interesting relationship to money. <laughs> and and it has I feel like it's made me see relationships in a very transactional way. Mm-hmm. Um, and these realizations that I pay for my relationships came from this whole I was the bank situation. Mm-hmm. I felt very so because I had my savings, mm-hmm. they gave me in a, in a very dark time, they gave me a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get some self, some sense of security. Yeah. And I wanted people to pay me back. Yeah. And it's not just that... It's not just that they wouldn't... or I mean, they did, they would. But it was a difficult time, so it was hard, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the way that... It got twisted so that I was the villain for asking for my money. Mm-hmm. That like really hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but like, because there was this theme that we were a pack, you know, we were a family. And yeah. I was like, well, if I'm part of the pack, I'm doing my part because I want, I want to help us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put my savings up. I'm, I'm going to put them on the line mm-hmm. uh, so that we can survive now that we've survived or we're still trying to survive Mm -hmm. i now i have to think that i need to survive on my own yeah and so like i worked for that money and 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 it's not just the money per se it's the false sense of security Mm -hmm. that i felt like i needed and by people denying me or accusing me i felt like then they didn't care about me Mm mm-hmm and that that's that was the the hurtful part, mm-hmm. you know, because people think that it's about the money, or like my mom thought that it was about the money, and she was kind of disappointed in me mm-hmm. that I cared about the money, mm-hmm. and and that also hurt me. I was like, I'm not the villain here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I I wanted to help. I wanted to take care of them. I wanted to of us. I wanted to be a part of the pack, part of the mm-hmm. family. But how is the family taking care of me? Yeah. You know, not my mom. My mom definitely took care of me, but I just meant the other part. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was telling my therapist all of this thing about the money and how I felt and, and, and everything. And, and we came to this realization of like how how I was literally paying to have a family. 
I was, I was, yeah, I was paying them to be my family, you know, <laughs> and, and, and when I asked for that money back, I wasn't received with the family that I felt that I bought, <laughs> you know, yeah, so, so that was really hard, it was like, how, how lonely did I have to feel, and what did I have to twist in my mind to make me pay my family to be my family. I mean, I don't know that that takes me to how I feel like so it takes me back to my childhood <laughs> because there was a time when my mom would fight a lot with my grandparents mm -hmm. um like my mom like with their my No, no, not with her parents, with my dad's parents. Oh. Um, because I don't know that we've told this in a cup of tea, but <laughs> I know they're like getting the really good stuff about yeah, us. Yeah, this is very juicy. <laughs> um, so my parents divorced and it was a very ugly divorce and, uh, it went on and on for years, like the legal battle mm -hmm. side of it. Um, and my mom didn't want my grandparents to give us money. Or to give us stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, she was like, no, no, no. He has to give them stuff. He oh, has to, you know? oh, so like your dad would yeah, my dad take would. responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so my mom one day, there was this thing like, so when I was, I don't know, I think it was, no, it was not 15. I was like 12 or something. And I went to Argentina to the literature contest. Mm -hmm. And as a prize, my grandparents bought me my first iPod. Ooh. But my mom didn't want me to accept it. She was like, no, don't take it. And I'm like, what? I, I, to a child. I really want my iPod. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Why? Um, and, and she would say, like, if I take the present, it means that they can exert some control over me. Um, mm. Well, how would that work? Because, cause, like, I'm, I'm getting uh, Emily Gilmore vibes right now. Yeah. But like, see, that's why I see Emma Gilmore does, and my grandma like being very similar. How does it <laughs> work that they can like? Because you feel indebted to people, I think, especially when you have no criteria and no, um, no way of reasoning things or no way to understanding them as a kid, mm. and somebody gives you something that you really want, then you're like, oh my god, you're amazing because you gave me the thing that I really wanted, mm -hmm. you know? So. Um, it's like, I feel the same way as how in general kids love grandparents because grandparents mean that mean presents or mean vacation or mean like nice All stuff the nice that, that your parents don't give you yeah, or that they scold you about or, you know, yeah. they, they spoil you. Yeah. So it's kind of like along those lines. Um, and it also... I think comes from in the particular case of my grandma, she relates to people in that way. Like, like being here, for example, every week she's like, which I, I, I really appreciate because I do really need the money. So every <laughs> week she's like, how are you doing? Do you need money? Should I send you more? Or should I not send you that much? <laughs> And I'm like, thank you. Like, really? Thank you so See? much. Um, but But yeah, and so I know I noticed, for example, that she kind of does the same thing with my brother, mm. but my brother plays her. 
a little bit. And I don't want this to be very mean towards him or anything, but when he needs something, he calls her. Mm. And he asks how she's doing. And, like, they talk for maybe an hour. But if he doesn't want anything from her, he won't call her. Ah, yeah. I've seen that, too. I've seen that, too. It which, happens in my family as well. Which is very sad. Yeah. I'm like... Because, okay... And and it doesn't have... It's not just one person in my family. Mm -hmm. Like, it's more, you know? <laughs> but, like, th that's that's the thing where it's okay to ask. Yeah. You know, your, your mom, your grandma, whatever, mm -hmm. older person or whomever <laughs> is... Responsible yeah, adult. Exactly. Responsible adult to, like, yeah. help you out. Or, or, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But... It's not fair. I So, me and my mom had a very distant relationship, right? Yeah. And after the preserve, when I wanted to come back to Mexico, I was very adamant. I was like, I want to work on my relationships. Mm -hmm. Because, again, you know, it's that thing. I didn't feel like I fit in. I wanted to find my family. Or, like, I was, oh, I do have a family. It's right there. I need to mm -hmm. work on it. And, and it was... A conscious effort to work on my relationship with my mom, to allow her in, even yeah. though, you know, I, I, there's there's very, very few times I have tried to open myself to her the way I did with my dad, mm -hmm. and and she doesn't measure up to my dad because mm -hmm. she's not my dad, mm -hmm. you know, they have different. To each their own, yeah. you know, and it's not fair for me to expect her to be my dad. Mm -hmm. uh, but she's still, again, she's come a long way on her own and she's had, she's had a lot of things to work on. But our relationship as a, as a mother and daughter has improved so much. But, you know, it was a decision. Like, I can see it. Mm -hmm. I can see that I made a decision And that, because, you know, she would complain to me about other people and she'd yeah. be like, they don't care about me or, or like this person just calls me when they want something from me. And like, we're family. I'm, I'm going to be there for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, mm -hmm. it has to be reciprocal. Yeah. So, so I was like, I'm not going to do that to my mom. I'm going to, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to do this. And, and it's an effort of, of calling or of checking mm -hmm. in. And I feel it was when it, it, it was partly when I sort of happened, but then also decided to see my mom as a person mm -hmm. and not a mom. Because yeah. as a mom, I feel like they're supposed to check in on you. So you don't really check on them. But once mm -hmm. you see them as a person, it's like, it's like your friends. Yeah. If you want to keep your friends, you check on them. <laughs> so, like, you check on your mom. Yeah. You know? So, yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And um, I can, you know, I feel like it's a very, <laughs> the, the kind of thing you see in the movies or on TV where the, uh, it doesn't have to be a rich, but they tend, like, in the movies, they tend to be, like, the rich parent controls the kids because, mm -hmm. you know. They have the money and they do, um, like, they pull strings with the money. Mm. Um, and I can see how it 
can provide people with a way of feeling like they're taking care of people, feeling like they're there for another person without actually being there, like without fully vulnerably being there for them. Mm -hmm. So it's like with my grandma. So um, because I know that I'm giving you money and you're well taken care of, like in my head, right? Then you're fine. Yeah, and you don't need yeah. to tell me about your... Like, I mean, I could tell her about my stuff and my problems and, like, that kind of thing. Um, but we haven't built that kind of relationship, right? So mm -hmm. I don't go to her, like, in that first With week of being here. Yeah, and, yeah. like, when I called you and I was, like, crying and I, and I said, I don't want to call my grandma and cry, you know? Um, and so it's... I don't know, it's... Maybe it's just the nature of relationships of mm -hmm. how some people are in, like, and I think we were talking about this in, in, in a way regarding one of our friends, um, of taking people as they come. Um, and, yes. <laughs> and even though you may want to invest a lot in them when you're not getting that return of investment, <laughs> it's, it's, Okay, okay, like, I learned that's the boundary, that's where I'm gonna, this is the amount of energy I'm gonna put into this, and because I'm not getting it back, then, you know, that's that's the top yeah. uh, limit. Um, that's a harsh one. It is. Of, of, like, when you're not seeing your investment, mm -hmm. you, when, when you're not getting back when you're, what you're giving in. Yeah. And that's like what's happening to me now. I'm I'm struggling after learning, after realizing all of this. Mm -hmm. I'm sort of in a very vulnerable place mm -hmm. where I look at my relationships, and and I don't know if it's part of the process. If 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 I'm like I don't I don't I don't know, but I'm looking. I look at my relationships. And and it's like I have an alert. I have an alarm of uh -huh. like, or or like a mutter, you know, a security guard. Something is just looking. It's just looking, and it's just like, are you are you getting back what you put in? Are you? <laughs> and and it's being very draining. Like mm -hmm. I'm I'm just like I don't want to keep count. Yeah, you know. But like I will say, I think in our case. Mm -hmm. I feel like mm, I do remember we talked about it feelings wise. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm curious where this is going. Well, I think I think it kind of never was like the way that I'm feeling right now. Like uh -huh. with my relationships in general, of like, mm, am I getting back what I'm putting in? I don't think I've quite felt it with us mm -hmm. except for that like feelings conversation that we had mm -hmm. where where because I don't open up mm -hmm. to others or it's hard to be there for me because I don't allow people to mm -hmm. be there for me yeah that thing uh, but I think a lot of it is that money wise mm -hmm. we are very <laughs> we're, we're very straight we're very <laughs> You know, like, we go out, and there's no money problems. Yeah. 
and, and like and that doesn't mean that we we always have money because sometimes yeah, we're like no, we're, broke. We can be we're short <laughs> and we're like I don't have that I don't have enough money or like let's not go out because I don't have yeah. money and that's okay yeah but it's always been like oh I pay and then mm -hmm. you pay yeah. and then the other person pays mm -hmm. and then we go out for lunch and then we go out for coffee and then you know mm -hmm. like we've never I've never had to keep count yeah that's you know I've I have thought about it many times. Um, you have. I have. Because there's there's some friends that um, I love them. They're great. But it stresses me out that because I know that they have more money than I do. Mm -hmm. And they always buy stuff. Like, we, we go out and they take the check. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm like, no, no, no. Let me do it. Mm -hmm, because, mm -hmm. like, let's be even about this. Mm -hmm. But they always do it. and Or, or maybe not all the time. Or like most. But most of the time. It's not, it doesn't feel Yeah, 50, it's not 50 50%. So it makes me feel, feel very self-conscious about it. Like, mm. I don't know. Like, Do you feel like you owe? Fair, uh, I don't know if I owe them necessarily. Not that you actually do, but do no, you no, no, feel like, like you do? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, mm. um, yeah, it, it's like an uneasy feeling. And then... Yeah. Um, And that's always something that I've been always very, maybe silently, because I don't think that I ever told you, but silently grateful for, like, this it doesn't give me a headache every time we go out. I'm grateful yeah. for it, too. <laughs> because in my case, I don't feel like I owe people. I yeah. always feel like I'm the one being owed. Mm. But it has to do, not with money, but that thing of, like, because I close up to mm -hmm. people being there for me, I don't yeah. I don't even give them the chance, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. you really have to like fight yourself through to be there for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm working on it. I'm oh, working yeah. on it. So <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> so then I, I think that unconscious behavior, which is conscious now, mm -hmm. produces me feeling owed. Mm -hmm. in in my day-to-day -day life yeah yeah i can see that because when when i was having those like money issues when i moved to canada and like moving to vancouver and all mm -hmm. of that conversation and all of that family situation i was having mm -hmm. i kept asking myself like why does this matter so much to me because mm -hmm. i see my mom and my mom just like gives mm -hmm. and 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 part of me is like i want to i want to love like that you know mm -hmm. although like i see it yeah. i see it <laughs> i i see what that is it, and it's not it comes from love but it comes from brokenness as well yeah but i'm like i i wanna what See, it's, it's that thing like, why do I care? Why did I care so much mm -hmm. about it? Why was it so important? Why was it making me feel the way that it was making me feel? Because it's also this energy about money. You know, the way that my mom made me, the whole situation, but like each, each person playing a role made me feel ways, even mm -hmm. myself. This feeling that I had, like I was being the villain, like I mm -hmm. was in the wrong, like, I, I was I was being petty and selfish and I was not being part of the family or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
because it's money and it's superficial yeah. and it's dirty and we should I should not care about money. And I was like, dude, first of all, my parents taught me that money is love. <laughs> Second of all, I work for that and I'm going through something really dark and yeah. it's going to give me a false sense of security. <laughs> and it's false because yeah. I mean There is some sense of security because I'm, I'm I'll 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 be able to sleep in a hotel one more night. Yeah. But it's also a false sense of security because after that, what happens next? Yeah. You know? So like I I I'm very aware that it's a false sense of security. Mm -hmm. But still, you know, like I needed a sense of security. Mm -hmm. True or false? Yeah. So now it all makes sense. Now I get it. Yeah. But it has broken me. To to uh, like looking back, looking mm -hmm. at like like my little self, mm -hmm. because I kind of romanticized the loneliness. Mm -hmm. It was it was you know melancholy was sweet, mm -hmm. and 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 it was like like twilight, you know, yeah. like like Bella being lonely and whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. I romanticized it, and now I feel like I'm actually looking at it, and I was like. Dude, that's not, that's not nice. That's not sweet. That's not, you know, that made you into this person that doesn't let people in. Mm -hmm. And and the people pleasing and, and the putting others' needs before yours, you know? So, like, I'm, I'm processing all of that, all of, of like realizing that I am a product of what has happened to me and my decisions. Mm -hmm. And now it's that moment of like making new decisions of like, okay, it's here. You can see it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? So it's been rough. I can like this cat. Yeah. Did it live up to the hype? It did live <laughs> up to the hype. It did. Um, It's so funny. I mean, I can I can only I feel like my takeaway from this uh, <laughs> it's maybe not quite the end of the episode, but it makes me like my recommendation is I have been reading a lot and I think it's been trending lately to talk more openly about money and like there's mm. websites that like um Glassdoor or others where you talk about how much you make. And I yes, saw yes. something the other day um, on Facebook or Instagram about how you should tell your friends how much you make and you should tell um, your coworkers, and so that it's um, out in the open and yeah, clear. And like to get a sense of fairness, maybe, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like uh, to gauge how well you're doing. Mm. Um, because it can also help you, you know, like mm -hmm. if you have a friend who's making twice as much money and you, as you and you're doing basically the same job, it's like, oh. There's there's something there, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I feel like the um, we treat money with such ambivalence mm -hmm. because there's that part of it's dirty and you don't talk about it and, and like, it's superficial, yeah, and, and it's a problem. And but there's also the fact that I mean we need to make money to to live, yeah. right? And there's um, plus I feel like. Before therapy and everything, at some point I had this thought that money 
we could see money as 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 it's just it's a vehicle. Mm-hmm. It allows us to do things. Exactly. It allows us to express ourselves and and that we care about people, or it allows us to pursue our dream. You know, like mm-hmm. money. Money is just that. It's a vehicle. Yeah. It doesn't have to be dirty. Like. Yeah, exactly. Or in, in my case, sorry, it's no, just sorry. like popping in my head. Mm-hmm. So, or in my case, you know, it's it's how I feel safe. So, if if you're like telling me that money is dirty and I should not care for it, then it puts me in a very uncomfortable position of like, yeah. Well, then how am how are how are how am I gonna feel loved and and safe mm-hmm. if 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 money is bad, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I also think a lot about how, um, like, yeah, money is a vehicle and money can let you do stuff. And I feel like growing up in that, um, in an environment where I think many people are spoiled Mm -hmm. and, you have the typical preppy kid who has the dad's like supercar and mm-hmm. they can squander money and that kind of thing. Um, there's there's like this appreciation of money of like when I grew up where you can waste money because you have it, mm-hmm. kind of. And, and then it changed into, you know, the people that are good, like, quote unquote successful people um that are good like they have done something with their lives or they have built uh something are very careful with their money. Mm. Um so it's not bad to to be careful with it, to be thoughtful of how you spend money, like where where you look for discounts and where you look for savings and rather than splurging at every turn, um yeah, like you're not supposed to be too tight. Yeah, with your money, which I think it, it depends on where too tight. Yeah, and it's yeah, exactly. And when, whenever, like the other day when we were shopping, um, I kept thinking. I kept. I mean, I, I don't know if I told that to the bicha, but mm-hmm. I kept thinking of how my grandpa would say that if you want to buy something and you can afford it, you should buy it. Mm-hmm. Like. Money is something that always comes back to you, um, um, and you should not think about it. And this, this is very hippie. Like, <laughs> like you should not think about it in terms of I don't have money. Like I'm, I'm gonna run out. You know, like it should be like it's coming back to me. Like it's, it's okay. It'll be fine. Um, yeah, yeah. And I have gotten, especially while being here, and um, maybe the first month. I don't think I've looked at my bank account so often as I did <laughs> during the first month being here. I, I was panicking. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we go to Ikea and I'm like, oh my God, no, I can't spend more than I don't know, $200 because this is horrible. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's like, I mean, in a sense, I can, I can feel my being spoiled because I have that sense of security of, if if I am absolutely broke, my family will come and, you know, they'll help me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and many people don't have that. Um, but it's it's a complicated thing. <laughs> but but but, but uh, no, I, I can I can see how 
it no, it's not necessarily bad, mm-hmm. especially if you're aware of it. Like mm-hmm. you're now, or with me with my grandma, or you know, <laughs> that, like that. Um, and giving people money is not inherently bad either. Um, it's just that if you are, if you're not being transparent about it, maybe. Yeah, and um, I think it's the same thing of like it depends on how you use it, like yeah. anything, like everything. It really has no connotation but the one that you give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, when you're buying relationships. Oh, that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was rough. That was hard. But, you know, like, I found you're peace. Yeah. <laughs> I found peace. In, in the relaxation, like, it, it has hurt me, mm-hmm. like, very few things in my life, you know? I can count them with my hand. And, but, but in a sense, it's like that thing with my brother, where before, I would always, you know, think, oh, I need to help him. Oh, mm-hmm. he's ha- he has all of these problems. Oh, he's struggling with so much, you know, oh, mental health. Oh, like this, this and that. Mm-hmm. And and I have it so much better. It's up to me to mm-hmm. help him. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's that where like too much understanding and too much empathy mm-hmm. have cost me many, many times. Yeah. Which is another thing that I look back at. It's I, I haven't just paid my relationships with money i have paid for my relationships with too much understanding and too much empathy to where like i didn't know my boundaries mm-hmm. uh, but i'm like like that's a whole other thing <laughs> um but but now with my brother it's like i feel at peace because i do under i he's not the villain in my story either mm-hmm. you know he's going through his thing i'm going through my thing but just because he's going through his thing doesn't mean that I have to ignore mine. Yeah. You know, so like I am, I really feel like that thing that my therapist was doing with like the figurines and whatever. Mm-hmm. I really feel like I'm putting myself where I belong mm-hmm. by standing my ground mm-hmm. of like, I don't need to make things up with it. I don't need to make it better right now. I, it doesn't need to mm-hmm. come from me. Yeah. Like it's okay. And and I'm not mad at him. I'm not, you know, like, I was sort of mad because I was hurt, mm-hmm. you know, and I was disappointed in many, many things. But but now I'm just like, he's doing his thing. And he needs to do his thing. And if he doesn't do his thing, well, that's his thing. <laughs> but yeah. I am doing mine. And, and, and I'm okay, you know. But still, the process is not done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going to therapy, going to a therapy session is not a one-time thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's not it's not the, the destination, you know. It's still yeah. like a stop in the journey. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll keep you posted on how it goes. But yeah, nice. I had a question, but like, you kind of already answered it, and oh, I kind of lost the second part of like uh, how you. Oh well, if you're gonna stop keeping a tally on. 
your relationships and what people owe you? I I don't know. Like it's been it's been so difficult. I really want to stop, mm-hmm. but then I feel like if if I don't keep tracks on it, I'm just gonna fall back in the same thing of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's okay. Oh, I got it. Oh, no, like what about you? You know? Yeah. So. I I think I'm in the process of learning what to do or how to do it. And because mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I guess I'll keep track. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, if anybody knows what I can yeah. do, if feel free. If suggestion, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. This was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a nice cup of tea. And I guess we'll talk to you next week. Oh, do you have a rec? Well, it was just to be, like, financially mm-hmm. honest. honest. Oh, I, I don't know if I wrecked this before, but there is the Broken Millennial book. Oh, right. Yeah. That's cool. That one's nice. I listened to that one. And it's not just, like, about tips that maybe apply to the U.S. but don't apply to mm-hmm. Canada, like, like money tips mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's also about relationships and he talks about your friends and he talks mm-hmm. about like when you're running, when you don't have enough money, but you go out with your friends and everybody's like ordering whatever, nobody cares. And then we all split the tab and it's like, yeah. oh, hey, but like, and you mm-hmm. don't want to speak, but you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, she says something like getting financially naked with your partner, mm-hmm. you know, and discussing their finances and things. So like, mm-hmm. it's nice. I like it. It's like, very digestible and, and sort of like maybe because we are millennials maybe mm-hmm. because I'm a millennial <laughs> so it's it feels like I'm talking to a peer you know so <laughs> it's nice it's nice yeah there you go alright well see you next week talk to you next week thanks for sharing a cup of tea with us to watch more episodes of a cup of tea click the link on the right if you want to watch pockets in the universe go to the playlist on the left